those uh, Whirlpool hot pots? Do you remember those? <laughs> Did anyone buy one? Did you hire them or something? Uh, no, you Jane Lewis on Twitter talks about them a lot, like, or Alison okay. Robbie. A woman uh, that reports football, one of those two. You just fantasising about us? No, just talking about. <laughs> uh, I don't think it's Alison Robbie because I follow her, so I've probably noticed. Nah, no, because they were talking about how they were cold at the football and how they had this. Amazing Maybe they're on sponsorship opportunities. Oh, someone had to be. <laughs> if you wish your product sponsored by the Jive Cast, just to get in touch. No, no, no. You sponsor it. I don't know. I don't know how you do it. Um, hello, we, and we're happy to endorse products. Yeah, that yes. we for money yes. or beer. Or, well, or, or, or useful uh, said services products. Services vendors or whatever. Oh. Yeah. No, that sounds worse. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. <laughs> anyway, um, hello, welcome to the Jazzcast. Uh, sort of got a bit distracted there. I was about to make a grand production and then Donald reminded us all of the, the best product ever to come out of Fort Hill. You know, which has inspired me to the, the point chains actually. Well, I don't. Joined in. That takes that answer, by the way. <laughs> joined in Monroe's by three gentlemen. I suppose they had Davy Means as well, but he's unfortunately indisposed, so he can't be here. I think that's what that means, isn't it? Yes, he does. I don't, I don't really. Do Looking sure. his wounds after my team beat five aside last night. Did you say it a bit louder? Surely I said it loud enough, didn't I? I heard them. I, mean, I, mean, I, don't, I don't think Davey will get heard you. <laughs> Davey, I'm saying! <laughs> joined by Alan Fraser, whose team I believe won at 5 aside side yesterday. We did, against Davey Wayne's team. Just, just in case you missed that, anybody. Yeah. Donald, did you play 5 aside last night? I did not. I was playing Lego Lord of the Rings last night. Wow. That sounds... Have you seen the, the Lego movie? It looks... Yeah, I think it looks amazing. Epic. I mean, everyone I know. I might even be convinced to go and see the, the Lego movie going by the reviews. Yeah. Maybe. It seems to be like a good bit of nostalgia in terms of toy, because it seems to be Lego pieces that were only out at like the 1990s. Well, I mean, probably shouldn't admit this, but I played a lot of the Lego computer games, and if the humour in that is anything to go by, I think most people will enjoy it regardless of what age you are. Yeah. What about you, long lost panellist Barry? Would you go and see the Lego movie? No, but <laughs> while we're on the Lego cast, uh, I was in work yesterday, I was talking to a woman who works for Lego in Denmark as a Lego designer. There you go. Wow. I didn't know. Wow, was it? I didn't really know. The Lego had changed much over the years that required designing, but that's her actual job. That'd be awesome. It's quite a good job. That is. Is she going to send you some free samples since you helped her out with her no. inquiry? No. No. I don't think she liked me very much. <laughs> Fair enough. Welcome back, Barry. Obviously, as regular listeners of the Jazzcast, I know you've been doing some travelling following Sunderland. Yeah. I'm going to games that are called off half an hour before kickoff. I thought that would happen in the Scottish First Division, but no, it happens in England as well. So it happened outside of Fife? It happened outside Fife. <laughs> Which game was that? Man City against Sunderland. You were headed for that one? I was about a few hundred yards outside oh, the had I didn't realise. But I get called off, being blown about by the wind. But... That was exceptional weather that day, wasn't it? It really was. It, it was. And it came up and it just kind of came from nowhere. It was a big storm. I got the last train before all the other trains got cancelled. But waited half an hour and I would have been stranded in Glasgow, which at least would have been I could have stayed in my own bed. <laughs> well, no, because you had to go up, go to the train station, discover all my trains off, and then I have to go back. And by that point, you know. I'd had two days off work with nothing to do but to do yeah. I've, I've got that for the next two weeks. Did you get a wee voucher on the way out of the game though? So you can get back in again? Well no, I wasn't, I, I never got in. I, was, I could see it. Did so it say complimentary on it? Oh. Uh-huh. Should have taken a selfie and said how you never been, you've supported Sunderland for like 50 years and you've never seen them play and you might get invited in? For their abandoned game. So I think you've still got a ticket though. I've got a ticket. they return whenever that is. Has yeah. it been decided when it is? No. So, but anyway, you can't go to Manchester again and... Yeah, that's not as simple, is it? I think it's a bit 
differently. That, that guy went to Everton, he got to meet like Roberto Martinez. I'd get to meet like Wes Brown and John O'Shea, so. Is that a bad thing? Well, no, because Wes Brown not have been suspended. True. So you wouldn't have met Wes Brown. Nah. Probably more likely to meet him. No, he was probably still back in Sunderland, there's no point in travelling. No, no, Team spirit. no Sunderland player lives in Sunderland. Alright, okay. Nobody likes that in Sunderland. <laughs> People that earn 10,000 a week do not live in Sunderland. Other, it could be part of the revitalisation. I'm just going to say other grim northern cities are available. Yeah. So it's the, the Sunderland Lego cast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Everybody's turned off. I know. Probably. Um, <laughs> shall we move on to the point chains? Yeah, well, I think we move, you move on, certainly. Yeah. Inspired by Donald's realisation. What were they called again? The hot pots? Hot pots. Hot pots. Remembrance. What is the weirdest football related memorabilia you've ever got? I can go first if you want. What's that? I can go first if you like a bit. I think that might be a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Some thinking time. Yeah. The weirdest bit of memorabilia I ever bought was I went to an LA Galaxy game because I was in LA. Surprise. And it had it wasn't a hot pot, but it was like a cushion for your seat. And I paid five dollars for this cushion for my seat and then went to pack it to bring home with me and I went and found a suitcase, so I had to leave it behind in LA. I could have like air nailed it, but it would not, not been financially viable. I don't think I'd no, I don't think it would have been worth it. I'd be probably honest. get stopped by Americans <laughs> shooting at it. So what is this customs to do it's not moving anymore to none? I own we don't really have that much rubbish memorabilia sort of yeah. we don't have anything on sale now really other than the usual <laughs> the rubber ducks that's what I was going to say that's the only thing I can go <laughs> I have the rubber duck I don't have a bath no I do have a bath but it's not a bath it's like a shower over a bath and you can't actually use the bath I have a rubber duck sitting at the bath but that's about it float it in the sink while you're having a shower I'm going to do that next time <laughs> give it a wee you know get a wee outing um, the weirdest football memorabilia that I don't own myself but I know someone that does is a plushy doll of Mario Gomez from when he used to play for Bayern is this smock? surprisingly not no uh, smock like Mario Gomez yeah I mean apparently they come in other players now as well I think you can get Lamb Mueller and Schweinsteiger and you can now get a Neuer one because now the, the fans don't hate him as much as they used to when he first signed. Some, if we're going to mention memorabilia that other people own, <laughs> uh, there's a guy in my work who occasionally uh, goes to Newcastle, so naturally I hate him, but for the purposes of this, uh, he bought, just before Christmas, Newcastle have a superhero outfit that you can buy, and the name of the superhero is Y.I. Man. Oh no. Oh. <laughs> That is beautiful, that is beautiful. <laughs> it's like a big onesie thing with like <laughs> W-H and it's obviously in black and white stripes. That's outstanding. There's something quite good about that. How, about, how about much does that cost you? I think it was like 30, 40 quid. <laughs> <laughs> he wore it once to take a photo of himself wearing it and I don't think he's ever worn it since. I don't have any weird memorabilia but I've got unusual memorabilia. This one related, D United related, is when James Grady signed for the D United and it was Ian McCall who signed him. Yeah. Yep. Uh, both my children received letters of apology from James Grady for signing for the D United from the D uh, on, on the D United's head of note paper because they were he was their favourite player and Ian McCall happened to be a neighbour of ours at the time. And um, and um, both Morgan and Alfie received letters from James Grady apologising for signing for the United and saying, hope this will do well in the future. So, unusual memorabilia and kind of personal, personalised memorabilia. Did you give a reason for or did you just say sorry that I've left you and abandoned your hopes and dreams? He was only talking to the kids. If he'd have written a letter to me, I'd have demanded more, but you know. Yeah, I suppose. That's a nice touch, though, you know. It was a nice touch. Handwritten or? Yeah, yeah, handwritten. And it was legible? Yeah, it was fine. Not not his his signature, but the rest of it was legible. (laughs) 
Oh, I forgot. It's uh, oh. James Brady's opinion poll. Yeah. That's a... That's a do you think the reason that Erskine didn't do that was because you'd have to write 3,000 letters? Yeah. <laughs> 3,000, I think it would have been a bit. Well, maybe, maybe a little bit. Well. I think Erskine should have come back <clears throat> and just before the first game he'd come back with us, he should have actually gone to the centre support and sang. I had to come home, I had to come home. And the rest of the song. Change the lyrics for yes. a, for a for under fam- 16 audience. Yeah. For a family club. <laughs> yeah. He did badge thump at the weekend, which is oh, almost yeah. as good. Mm. It's not a badge kiss, which derides yeah, opinion, but a badge thump, I think, is generally acceptable. He was very happy to score it, you know. You, you kind of, I don't know, I've never scored it. Both his premiership league. goals have been with his right foot. Is that right? Yeah. And his previous goal was against... St Mirren, for Dundee United. Anyway, we've got points to award, I think, as well. We're starting to stray into the, the rambling territory that corrupted us last week. Corrupted us, not corrupted us. Plagued us, plagued us last week. I'm trying to think of new terms, you know, to try. You got the thesaurus out there, I see. Yeah, I know. I, in fact, I do actually have my book. <coughs> my, uh, my book of ideas. Uh-huh. Oh, yes, the, the infamous <laughs> the infamous book. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not, I wasn't going to use any of them. Um, the winner of the points this week is Barry, because that Y.I. man, man. Oh, they, they oh. sound epic. <laughs> Plus, Donald didn't actually own anything, neither did Alan. Yeah, no, they're this. not mine, my kids are not mine. Although I've kind of kept them good, they probably don't know where they are. So. Yeah. Other honourable mentions go to the St. Pauli Toaster, which does the, yeah, the, the logo in the middle of your toast. Uh, quite a few teams have that, I think. I think yeah, they were the original one, plus it's Scott and Crossbones, which is much better than uh, just a normal club badge. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think Thistle would ever get to do that. I don't think the badge is... You could, really when you could do the, the, old, the stealth bomber badge, yeah. the, but you could stylize it. It's fine, you just cut your toast into that shape. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you could, though. Take a, a loaf to... Just cut a big circle on it, there you go. It's a badge. So a badge to it. And then kiss your toast. I mean, I don't really have weird anything. I just have a program collection that's starting to bust at the seams. Your program collection is starting to be weird, though, isn't it? If you know what I mean. What? Well, not weird. <laughs> it's, it's starting to become um, a bit obsessive, perhaps. What makes you say that? Is it the fact that I now have over a thousand different official programs? It's just when you te- tweet photographs of yourself sitting sorting out your programs, you know. Like a pig in muck, I believe the saying is. I said, I've got a cupboard full I'm going to get rid of. I'll, I'll look through them and see if I can send any your way. Or you could graciously donate them to the Pearl Cup. Oh, well, yeah, indeed. That's a good, good idea. If it happens. Yeah, I believe there's an announcement too soon. I think there is. I think there's something in the pipeline. But yeah, because uh, Smurf gave me a bunch from uh, 2009-10 and as grateful as I was to receive his donation of programmes, they've all got signatures in front of them, which, me being a bit OCD, sort of inside made me go, what are you strangling? Go, no, what are you doing? I don't, it's okay to say this, because I know you won't listen to it. Every time I ask me to listen to Jazzcast, it's like, oh. No, but even though I don't really collect programmes, when I do get a programme and somebody's written a score in the front, oh, I hate that, I hate that. <laughs> I got one through the other day from uh, 1976 and it was a game that got postponed and the date was there and the guy had scored out the date and wrote oh, cancelled no. below it. <laughs> That's why, kind of why would you do that? Well, it wasn't You wouldn't need it to remind yourself that it was cancelled. Yeah. So, Had you been there and got the programme? You'd probably be quite aware that there was no football happening in front of you. Yeah. One would imagine. On um, on Monday night I got a bit carried away and spent 70 quid on eBay for Thistle programmes, including the full set of home programmes from 1960-61. Well, that's quite a nostalgic and... The full set? The full set, all 21 programmes. How much did that set cost you? Uh, £42.41 plus £3.50 postage, I don't think which that's, is £2 a programme. I don't think that's bad at all. I think that's uh, 
I think it's quite decent to get a whole season like that from, from that far back for that price. I think that's. Well, you add in postage, you can bought them all individually, it's probably cost you more. Yeah, I, that's why I, when I did that, when I had them, the postage was six fifty, and I was like, hang on a minute here, because I had a person uh, try to charge me three pound postage despite the fact that I live in the same town as them. I said, I'll come and pick them up from you. you know? <laughs> I'll pay three pound for you to post it from one side of the to the other side of the screen. Other towns are available to stay in. That's before I was even born. Well, going or born? That's before I was even born, 1960. Yeah. That's a long time ago. Long, long time ago. And these ones look like they've got the score written in front of them somewhere. But I, I can work with that because I can Photoshop that out and make it look. Anyway, talking is great. Another town in Lanarkshire is Motherwell, which is where we went to on Saturday. Seamless. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, it's, it's amazing. It's almost as if it's scripted. <laughs> so I think we have to start at the unend, the, not unend, the wonderful highlight of Saturday's game, which was Chris Erskine scoring another goal for Thistle. Well, that was the first highlight. First highlight for us of the game. I thought Higginbottom's goal was amazing. But yeah, well, let's start with Chris Erskine. Let's start with Chris Erskine. It was wonderful to see Chris Erskine back and getting that goal. It was a great first touch, took it away from the defender so well. Keeper got a hand, but hard enough show. I actually didn't see the goal because as he got through into that position, the guy in front of me stood up and I was just not quick enough to see the ball hit the net. So all that. I was just looking about me and everybody started jumping up and down, so I just jumped up and down. So I've only actually seen the goal properly on um, the highlights on the, on the TV. I never, I've not watched the, the highlights, but at the game, I used, I, I was it you that stood up really quickly in front of someone else? No, no, <laughs> I, I, I stood up the entire game up the back. On <laughs> uh, the top tier, a rare opportunity to go to the top oops. tier. Which... We discussed this in the pub. They probably didn't think through the design of the stand because the way that the stand is designed, uh, the further back in the stand you go, the more it cuts off of the, the box closest to you. So if you're at the back of that stand, you can see what's happening. You can, you can actually see. So, genius. Yep. Football stand where you can't see what's going on in the box right in front of you. Which <laughs> might be a good thing sometimes. I also thought it was a strange decision to open the top here because. We actually got a really good atmosphere going the last time we were there, all in the one bit, but it was all a bit spread out when you saw it, you know. I had the, I thought maybe the old bit at the front, maybe the first 10 rows were shut off. That was because the well was going to get bad again. I, yeah. I was thinking it might be more to do with some of the seats might not still be fully replaced from Celtic from a few months ago or possibly uh, something like that. Maybe. Still not, I know the teams that have been since then, some have been in the, the main stand, so... Right, okay, that's a possibility, yeah. Moving back to Erson's goal, uh, I can't really remember how it happened. All I remember was I was really, really annoyed a few seconds before the goal because it wasn't played out wide. Then all of a sudden, <laughs> Erskine threw and scored on his right foot. Yeah, because Higginbotham broke with it. Yeah. And they had, like, Erskine to his left, slash, left slash fronter, with four defenders around it, and McMillan was on the right, like, just plowing forward. And Higginbotham being Higginbotham, played the wonderful through ball to Erskine, took out his defender's feet and slammed it home. Yeah, I was actually going to mention about McMillan as well in the goal. Uh, obviously, I've only seen the highlights. Uh, but you can see still quite clearly that McMillan's standing along the six yard box from him, just like, hiya, I'm just standing here on my own. But it's probably for the best that Erskine didn't try and pass it to him. Because um, God knows what would have happened. But yeah, obviously it's a well worked goal. Higginbotham uh, doing well to, to get forward and play the ball through, and obviously a good finish. First half, I thought it was pretty flat. Motherwell I thought it was flat, very flat. Yeah. And, and, and at half-time, got in and talked to folk, you know, inside. You know, meet folk who you're not sitting beside. And everyone's going, it's oh, flat, it's nothing much happening. I thought it took a tight, time for the players to get used to the pitch, because they kind of didn't know how to play the pitch, really. You know, there was a lot of putting it up the park. And, you know, can we play it wide? Is it, is it, is it you know, is it, is it firm enough for the wings to actually play on? You know, 
Um, yeah, the game didn't really liven up until the second half. In fact, for this one, it didn't really liven up until Motherwell scored 2-1 up. And that really, that's when we really started playing, you know. It's a strange game altogether. To end up a seven-game thriller after a pretty dull one each first half, you know. It's an odd game. Well worth the £5 entry fee. I'm sure it was. <laughs> <laughs> so, move on to the second big decision. Penalty. You mean the handball first before that? Can, well, you, can we talk about that first? Yeah, we can talk about that. It's not really. He kind of turned his back and uh, yeah. his arm. At the time, I was screaming for a penalty. Oh, and the other thing was. Who, who was the referee in Saturday? Ewan Norris. No. 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 He was on the programme and the rounds, but it was who? Stephen Finney. Stephen Finney, right. So it wasn't Ewan Norris, and it wasn't. Um, it was Stephen Finney. Yeah. Yes. So, how many bald referees are in that league? Because everybody round about me was talk, shouting at Bobby Madden the whole game. <laughs> <laughs> Including me, because once I realised, because everybody started yeah. blah 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 blah. Man, you're always like this man. I was just like... Yeah, it must be him. Was it, oh, is it him again? I, I can't see that well. Bald guy, I'm not just going with that, you know. Maybe it wasn't Kalina, so... Presumed it was Bobby Madden. Yeah. No, I was screaming for a penalty, but I'm going to see it again and see yeah. that one. Um, You've seen them giving, but it would have been... The one that was giving, of course, absolute penalty, yeah. No doubt about it. Great we passed through from... Erskine. Erskine? Yes. Erskine, right. And um, the guy went into the tackle and just tail us out. To be fair, there wasn't really any complaints from Motherwell, apart from that one guy. Well, the, the guy who but made the tackle at first then, and then he What I really enjoyed about the penalty was uh, Higginbotham and the goalie, because it took so long for the really? penalty to be taken that they just were basically abusing each other at the start. Nielsen was right up at Higginbotham, like, as the referee was sort of people not being in the box and booking the middle player and then Higginbotham's gesture including Dinkit by the yeah. looks of it it wasn't a sort of parallel against England thing but it was still it wasn't right in the corner it was kind of what he said he was going to do and Nielsen was shooting and balling at him and then afterwards Nielsen was genuinely raging forward by the entire East Stand the mother has been the angriest that I've ever seen a bunch of Football fans are even angrier than the North Stand after Stevie May scored a couple of weeks ago. They, they were just utterly seething about this guy. <laughs> just because he was happy that he scored against a club that he never really got a chance with. And uh, have you seen the sequence of photographs that was put on by yes. on Facebook or whatever? Yeah. And you see some of these faces as Higginbottom's running by. Yeah, I mean, it's so you know, funny. The thing was, at the start of that, it did take but it took me just because some guy was kind of messing about the coaching and the referee didn't take control of that situation. And the referee let that go on for so long. And that was what I loved about Higginbottom because he was just like, well, I'm not going to be put off with this. And he was totally winding up the referee. It's just saying, it's making me angrier. So going like, I'm just going to dink it, I'm just going to dink it, you know, just whatever you do. And when he slammed it in, he didn't even run away to celebrate, he rolled no, up to the keeper first and gave him a bit of a face and then went up, shush, shush gesture and, and a wee sort of flappy thing and they were all going nuts. But he had been getting booed in the second half when he was playing down that wing. You know, he just what, gave it back. What is the flappy thing? I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> Is it not the, uh, what is it, Karate Kids? Flow like a butterfly, sting like a bee? I don't know, but they had a weird flapping against uh, Commander. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's done it before the season, that's right. That's what I'm going to ask him at Player of the Year. When he, when he inevitably wins the Goal of the Season award, I'm going to ask what is the celebration of it? Which is from the Lego movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, talking about Goal of the Season, is the, third, this is, is the Higginbottom second one, this is third, the... Uh, now currently the goal to beat in the goal of the season competition? Uh, it depends what type of goal you like. Yes, I know. Uh, Does that? If you're, you're a fan of the total team goal, passing, movement, doing it in from F probably still in the league. Are you just like a guy, sheer effort, running through, beating a few guys, doing it from an impossible angle then, yeah, it really just depends. Oh, on a terrible pitch like that. I mean, similar, I suppose, you only want to compare it to Julian at Hibs, yeah. which are in from about the same position, but he had an easier time. 
I mean, Higgins Rock. First of all, to dig it out between yeah, the three guys players, round him, yeah. three guys round him, they maybe got a wee break of the ball at that point, but when he ran in the goal and evaded a pretty desperate challenge, yeah, that was a jump pretty poor challenge. Who was that, you know? Stevie Hamill. Uh, Hamill. Was it not Hutchison? Stevie Hamill. And uh, when he took it in, and I just thought, pass it, pass it, I'm going to pass it across the front there, and a perfect finish in the corner. And see, at that point, I thought, at last, at last, we're going to win a game. We're 3 2 up, we're playing away, Higgy's playing a game of his life. And then, anyway, so let's concentrate on <laughs> the goal, because first before I get miserable about it. How. As someone that's got watched the, the highlights, the first goal was for Motherwell was obviously a definite deflection. Yeah. Yeah. The second goal was also a deflection. Was the second goal a slight deflection? Yeah, it was. It was. Who was that off? Uh, Mayor, I think it was. Yeah, Whoever was charging out. There was about two right. or three sort of almost from watching it behind off the goal. It was almost, almost in a line. Yeah. yeah. Gallagher no, sort of over the far side. Yeah. Yeah. So it was going to go just to Gallagher's left and he kind of moved that way and you'd had a pretty easy catch but about sort of eight yards out he takes a nick and goes over to the right so Gallagher's from Boots can't really do much about it because it was fairly it was still uh, you've seen it at the game because you're right behind it yeah. it did look as if it went in the net fairly central so you were wondering yeah yeah reasonably central not that far no, no it wasn't at all and you would think oh why did Gallagher not get it but there was a there was a deflection yeah so Higginbottom had a hand in four goals, including <laughs> Motherwell's first. So he'd quite well, a yes. exciting game, was no, no, it was Higginbottom. Higgy was on the right for whatever reason at that point. And uh, then they switched it later. Which, this is probably why most of us aren't football managers, because you'd think Stevie Hamill being right back, being left-footed, surely Erskine being there, left-footed, could take it down the wing would work. Higgy being right footed, cutting then, inside would never work. Switch the two of them and suddenly the team would come up better attack. At the same time though, building up to the game during the week, Stuart McCall has been knowing that he's going to play Hamill at right back, being left footed, so he's going to be training him for people going down the line the whole week. So it would make more sense to have people for us to be doing what they wouldn't expect. Plus, Hamill is still an international fullback, so I think he's got a cap. He did play for. I said that I had a cap for who? Scottish? I don't remember him ever playing for Scotland. Yeah, he came on in a game at some point. He's been in the squad quite recently. Yeah. Like, called up to replace Hope. Yeah. What age is Hamill? Oh, I'd say he's maybe yeah, early, early he's been about for quite a long time. He had a testimonial against Everton, never. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and of course, it was Hamill that provided the assist for the Motherwell winner in the free kick. Like, I'm on fire tonight, you know what I mean? Linking us all yeah. up, probably. Um, yeah, but you missed a couple of goals. Yeah, you missed a goal. We were just. No, 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 no. See, when Motherwell came back to 3 3, did anyone actually feel confident that it was hang on or even go and attack again? Given that Archie had withdrawn Piggy and so Erskine. So what was the question? At what point? When they when Motherwell levelled. When they levelled, yeah. Okay. What was your gut instinct when they levelled? Oh, just again, just can we just hold on to this? Can we hold on to this? And not and when you asked yourself that question, what answer did you get back from it? Oh, I've I, I stopped having any expectation. I said that to my pals before the game. I stopped going to Thistle Games this season with any expectation. And at any point in the game, having any expectation about what was going to happen. I wasn't like, oh, we'll definitely, definitely lose this, but I'm just thinking, can we go down, can we go down? There was no out ball though. That was a problem. We, we, we stopped keeping possession. I mean, I don't know whether... Um, Higginbottom was knackered and had to come off, or whether also Erskine was too tired and had to come off. Archie says yeah. that Erskine had a, a knock, and initially he said Piggy was knackered, and then later on I heard on the news he said that both of them had knocks. So, I mean, fair enough if they both had knocks, taking them both off, and I felt Elliot in that situation probably if you're thinking he a guy be, on the break would want someone to bring on. I just I didn't feel that Cregan for Higginbotham was right because I feel as if you're either going to he's not going to do either the 
the, the, the total defensive job of you're holding out, and he's not going to do. He's not going to be the guy that can. If yeah. you're hammering at you, he's not going to be the guy that's going to take it on the break and take it a run for 30 yards like Higginbotham would. I just felt if we were going to, we'd either shore it up or go for it, and I felt Kagan would just uh, sort of in between not going to do and I'm not saying that I'm not saying that Kagan's rubbish like that Kagan's good at what he does but no, it, no. it's not either of those two roles of a proper attack or proper defence well exactly we're not blaming the players who came on no. and we're not saying pinning it on Archie for substitutions they had to make if he had to make them I, don't, I, don't, I, I, I was looking at asking thinking he looks fresh enough I, I thought we could keep him on I thought if you're going to take those two off you're going to bring someone like Lawless on and hold the ball I, I also disagree because I don't think I honestly don't think as long as I keep looking at Christy Elliott he's a Premier League player at all and I think uh, he's one of the players that I would have thought might have gone out in January you know because there's, um, there's more skillful players have left as you know Graham there's more skillful players you know I mean, Christy Elliott, he gives his all and all the rest of it, I just don't think it's got a touch, I just don't think it's there, you know. And also Craigan, I think, has a bit of touch and he can hold it up in positions. It just didn't happen, it didn't happen. And then, you know, it comes Again, down, it comes down to the, the actual goals came down to... Um, the equaliser was Balatoni not making a decent clearance. Yep. And no, really out bad to, really out bad. to a player in the wing, and then we got an easy ball coming back in. Even if we put it out for a throw, that just or corner, or, or, or anything, yeah. But, yeah. Out, or, or pass it, but, 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 but giving it, it wide to one of their players, yeah. and the ball comes back in, Lee Mayer, instead of attacking the ball, waits to see what's going to happen. Thinks he anticipates the ball coming to him, they get shot or whatever, I'm not sure. But, you get guys that totally attack the ball. Of course, know? but you can see, and especially from the highlights, that even his body language, the way Mayer's set up to head the ball, he doesn't think there's anyone behind him. He doesn't know that John Sutton's coming in. But do you know what? You have to just attack that ball. You can't wait for it. Not in that position. You just have to go up and get rid of it, you know? Uh, and then, as you say, it's three each, and yes, we are all worried, aren't we? Because three each, as disappointing as going from three to three each is... <laughs> Nothing compared to what I, happened next. I actually felt... I was actually almost traumatised on Saturday at the end of that game. I couldn't move out of my seat, I couldn't stand up and hold the team off because I was just so shattered. It just was. When they scored a four. And again, that, that free kick was a big, long, looping ball. And we've only got one man on one man at the back. Surely we've got a couple of guys there. Somebody can come up and dunk them, somebody can come up and put them off. But it was, you were thinking it was McMillan, but I think it was Mayer. I've only seen it in the game, so I, 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 was, I, I thought it was... I think it was Mayer again. I thought it was Mayer for the third, and McMillan for the fourth, but that was just in the game, I've not I seen it. I think at the game so I thought it was McMillan, but now I've seen it back. I've seen it since Mayer twice, so... He just got jumped, and it was a great header, great looking header, you know. But like, even in the free kick, if you look at, like, sort of the front post area where most of the players are, like, the, the sort of line that uh-huh. this old defence are meant to be holding the edge of the box, even before the ball is kicked, you get players standing five yards inside the box, uh-huh. running back towards goal. You can't do that. I can't even remember who gave the free kick away, what the free kick was given. The highlights didn't show. Can you remember at the time? Some silly challenge in midfield, you know. One thing, the only thing, the only thing that we've mentioned Balatoni is to say that he made that mistake. I thought Balatoni dealt with John Sutton in general. No, the, the good games. Much better than Muirhead did in the first. Uh-huh. The good games, and it's, it's, it's not right to pick out individual oh, no, mistakes. Oh, no, and I'm just saying. It shouldn't be, really, because they did have good games, you know. It's, it's just the way that we talk about these games. It's just a thought, because uh-huh. uh, we talked about it when we put Muirhead played, and I thought that Muirhead handled them fairly well on a lot of occasions. The only time that I thought that Balatoni didn't handle Sutton well was early in the first half. Sutton just shoulder challenged him and Balatoni just went flying, assuming that the rest going to give this a free kick. Uh, stayed in the deck, and it's like, 
Adrian shoulder challenge I'm not giving him here something was already long gone but I think Balatoni and maybe Taylor Sinclair they've got back and covered it but other than that uh, I think after that Balatoni realised right, this referee is going to be quite lenient with the sort of pushing and shoving and he just went right I'll just give him it back and just shoved him out the way a few times despite the fact that something was much bigger than him but I was quite as someone that's not been the sort of halfways of Balatoni this season I thought he'd done fairly well on Saturday and there wasn't other than these sort of strange clearings for the, the third goal I don't think he could have done much no no that was his one standout mistake we should say and also do you know as, as much as I was really disappointed in it again I recovered on the way back to the train I used to go for a few drinks, had a laugh, and um, get back around discussing later on. And discussing later on, you're going, okay, positives going forward. We were absolutely tremendous, absolutely tremendous on Saturday, you know. Mistakes at the back, we lost the goals, but we're still playing really good football. But how many, how many weeks? Three goals against Motherwell for Park was Celtic, uh-huh. possibly. Yeah. Who are the last team to go three, score three goals at Park Park and lose? Uh, probably last a, time. There was a 5-4 game, or 6-5 game, was that? Six was that? Six that? Six was 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 that? Six but they, weren't, but they weren't 3-2 up. Right. I was going to go back and check the last time whether they came back from 3-2, but then I realised I'm hungover while I went to bed. So I didn't. <laughs> the thing is, we are saying oh, they came back from 3-2. A lot of our results recently are just, they're all the more gotten purely because the way that they've happened. Like, you see, Kilmarnock last minute penalty, uh, then you've got Ross County 3-1 up to 3 each, Motherwell 3-2 to 4-3. I mean, these games are games that... Even back to Hearts. Yeah, even Hearts. Yeah. I mean, a, lot, a lot of games where you probably say, oh, I'd take a point, or Motherwell uh, away for a party, you say, more than likely we're going to uh, have a point, but we're more than likely going to get beat here. It just, I think it's the way that we've lost these games, it just made a bigger overreaction. I mean, I'm guilty of the overreaction myself. I mean, you know, at the beginning of the last month, that I was, everybody, all the players, manager, everybody should be sacked and we're awful and going down. <laughs> but after I sobered up a bit, I realised that <laughs> things aren't that bad. And it's just, I think there was more frustration about the way things have happened. If, if we had been beaten 1-0 and it was just a wee scrappy affair, just like the first game, mm-hmm. it'd just be, oh, I went to, uh, went to Fur Park, had a decent goal, they're just a better team than this with a bigger budget that have been in the top six for the past few years. But because we had that lead, it's just... It's the disappointment of having that lead and, and also having chances at T2 and going forward and maybe a final pass not quite working out. And at that point, thinking, God, we can really do this and one more goal would have tied it up. Surely, surely even us, you know. See, that's where I think the overriding positive on Bristol's thing is we're scoring goals and teams like St Mirren and yeah, Ross County to an extent are not scoring goals we don't look like they're scoring goals so but then again that was our chance to start to get three points everywhere else was it really well because, you know, well, we it was because we were 3-2 up not yeah. before the game I know you're saying the expectation but when you get 3-2 up hold on to the ball and we just don't do it you know and I'm not picking out anybody individuals or whatever which is surprising considering how we normally play for the majority of games is holding on to the ball yeah but so many games this season we've sat here week after yeah, week I know. Someone raised the minute after game after game about late goals and not holding on to the ball late in the game and and, and, and Someone and as we said think, before in these conversations, you can't really believe that. So yeah, actually, I'm saying he's not sitting there. I think this was the first. This was the first time. This was the first time he's actually come out and sort of had a go at the players. He has actually. And saying, "Look, guys, you need to throw the finger out uh-huh. a little bit here." Just said, "Man up." I feel like I was slightly harsh. Well, it's I think got to be harsh. Got to be at this point. Or arguably he's uh, been too soft. Well, arguably people will say, no, he's distancing himself from uh, being to blame there because he made these substitutions. And, uh, and, la- and lately, later, he was saying, oh, I had to do this, yeah, I had, had to do that. Uh-huh. And you just don't know. I mean, 
someone made the point on Twitter that they felt that of current problems involving results don't stem from personnel or formations, but that we don't know how to play without the ball. Because last season, when, we had the, when this team was playing last season, they had the ball for 70% of games, and the 30% that they didn't have it with, they didn't, didn't really matter because it was 2 3 nil up. Well, I don't think that's actually true because last time in the season, no. last season, it was like against te- teams like Cowden Beef and players, teams like that. We were really chasing the ball down. We were really working hard all over the place. I thought, you know, I, I, I don't think that's quite right because I don't think we, we didn't really choose that first division, did we? Really, you know, when it came down to it, after Archie took over, there was there was games that we had to really dig it out, and you know. People are assuming that we won loads of games, five, one, three, nothing, and all that. We did win a few, but a lot of these, a lot of them were. You know, you're not under points. The, you're not under the same constant pressure on the ball no, you're in the first division because in the first division you can give like and Beath and give uh-huh. Hamilton the ball and through their own through their own deficiencies they'll not do anything with it. Whereas in this league teams will actually say okay then we'll try. and that's where this uh, gentleman I think it was said PT PT on Twitter said how he used Atletico Madrid as the example about how they changed the way they played without the ball kept the same team kept the same, same personnel and improved that way and that's when we were thinking that's what we all were missing is just to learn how to play the ball um, I think your example is quite good when I think I'm trying to think what game I could talk about that like, I St Johnston a few weeks ago whenever that was when they were playing against us it was only 1-0 at the hill but they did do that when, when we yeah, had the ball uh-huh. they were all over us they, they were really concentrated on like three guys round two men three guys round one men it takes a lot of organisation to do that because you can get you know, a couple of passes and you can bypass that but, but I still think we're working hard without well, I mean, you look at the games against Celtic this season, obviously they've had more of the ball than we have, yet we've arguably played better than them in the two games. Yeah. So I, I don't think that is a fair criticism, to be honest. Yes, I can see why the points have been made, yeah. but I don't think it's necessarily the right point. I think you're right, we didn't, we didn't try and win, we didn't win the ball back well enough in the midfield when they went out second goals on Saturday, but I don't think, I don't think it's the way we're playing, I just think it's just the hard to win that way, you know. It's just the habit of a team that haven't won that often, you, if, you're, if you're in a winning position with 10-15 minutes to go, uh-huh. it doesn't matter whether you've got, so brought in Gallagher and Mayer who have been brought in for their experience and their organisational qualities, they can be screened and shouted for them, but they just yeah, they get deeper and deeper yeah. and deeper, and it just becomes so easy. Right, well, we'll try and defend balls on thin, and we're never a team. We're not a team that's equipped. We weren't a team equipped to do with that last year. We're not a team equipped to do with this. We're just not a team that sit back and soak up that kind of pressure. We're just long ball after long ball, just fired right into the box. And 10, 15 minutes worth of that, when another team's chasing the game, just seems far too much for us. And we've done that for an entire 90 minutes. We just get hammered. We just well, look at the first Aberdeen game. Yeah. And there was a I can't remember what game it was. Home games tend to blend into one for me after a certain <laughs> amount of time. Maybe Mayor's debut or one of the first games Mayor played. And Mayor was screaming at the rest of the back four to get out. It was perhaps in Marmot when your head came on. Like it was Skumar, and he was yeah. screaming at them. And it was when, by the time your head was on, Balatoni pushed forward with him. And your head stayed back. And it just meant they could still have the balls in. And then he was, your head would go forward and Balatoni would go back. And it's. I think it's, it's not so much a lack of ability or personnel or the manual, it's just they've got it out of their head that we're a goal up, 15 minutes to go. Hopefully, let's just drop back. 
we can. We can. We can. We can. We can. We can. We need to just try and hold on and grind it out. And I think we had ground out one of these games in the past yeah, couple of months. We had more than one. We would have got there and the confidence would have been there because every single one of them conceded that late goal and it just, it just knocked out the team yeah. and it just gets worse and worse that way. I agree that's a sort of psychological thing almost for the last 50 minutes to go. I mean, how, what was the timing of where we went 3 2 how long to go? 18 minutes. What's that? 18. 18 minutes to go. Anyway, we had a few times after that we had Ian Erskine breaking, maybe to score a few. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So maybe it's Kane. But it's also for that one. But I think the subs were. I think the substitution didn't help. They didn't help. But you know, I'm more to blame it than that. A friend of mine who was sitting beside me at the time went, Oh, we have Fagan and Kelly on. And he was joking. He was kind of telling me, it'll be their fault when we get beat, sort of thing, you know, you know, sort of like predicting what the, the forum or whatever would be. And then, of course, the full timer. <laughs> so, are you looking forward to Aberdeen? Um, with trepidation, as usual, but um, are we maybe thinking that Aberdeen might not be totally into this because they're going to look towards the cup games that we've got playing, or, or are we just going to kind of try and keep things going? I don't know. I think maybe if we caught Aberdeen on Saturday just past, that might be the time to catch them because we had a bad game yeah. at the weekend yeah, and we probably could have done something against them then and probably be improved by this week. After the performance, for the majority of the performance on Saturday, I've been starting to feel a bit more confident against Aberdeen. But then that's normally a bad thing when I feel confident. So, I don't know. Like, obviously, it's going to be tough regardless of what team Aberdeen put out, whether it's their best 11, second 11, whatever. It's still going to be a tough game. And I. So I'm not really sure how to approach it. I feel that, perhaps from a negative point of view here, that the way we play suits Aberdeen. Uh, they struggle against teams like St Mirren. Yeah, who, stuffy teams. They're just stuffy. Uh, would have been delighted with a point there. We, especially at home, I know we've not won at home all season. Everybody knows that, but we go out and try and win. Uh, pass the ball, keep it in the deck. And I think some of their players thrive on being able to close down the ball, intercept those passes that we make along the deck, and then fire it out quickly to call it and pays or whatever. At the same time, based on no logic whatsoever, I feel as if with every home game, the run's got to end sometime. Um, when would be more thistle than for it to be a game where you don't expect it? I mean, I'd expect it to be like, for example, you, you beat Aberdeen or Celtic, then the following week you would get gubbed by Hearts. That's <laughs> just the way I, I feel that things would all pan out. And I think, although I'm maybe thinking that me now thinking the impossible of it, surely this might be the game that eventually happens, then cancels out the whole aspect of it happening. Surely you just have to completely not expect it and then it does happen, <laughs> rather than just secretly hoping it happens. So are you jinxing so, the game and then double bluffing not jinxing the game? I've confused myself. <laughs> I don't know what you're I'm just going to go for a match abandoned, right? <laughs> well, I, I tell you what, we've been beating Aberdeen three times. This is our fourth game against them already. Yeah. And if we don't make it to top six, it's our last game of the season. To give them a doing. Um, you might not be the top six, so you might be focused on the cups. Aye, no, I'm talking about us being <laughs> the top six. Doesn't matter what Aberdeen. I'm talking about Aberdeen making the bottom six. Well, I'm. I'm to be fair, I'm looking, I'm looking up right now. I'm looking up right now. Um, right, we were. We actually played well against Aberdeen when they beat us 4-0 at the Celtic for a lot of the game. Again, yeah, again going forward, I'm talking about defensively, pretty shocking, but you know, a lot of the game going forward, the good football, good those things, picking bottoms, shot from the halfway line. Kick off, yeah. Almost, man. Um, first game against Aberdeen, we gave it, was it 3-0 at home? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was a bit of a doing. Yeah. The cup game, 
was a funny game. It was, we never really... We they, they did all right. Contested uh, okay, then they scored, and then everyone was like, right, that's fine, we'll just leave it at yeah, this. Yeah, kind of. Uh, probably done fairly well, considering Mark Kerr forgot he didn't play for Aberdeen anymore for the first 20 <laughs> minutes of the game. But I think if we play again going forward, as we have the last few weeks, with uh, Erskine really sort of starting to find form, Higginbottom was in the game he was like, on, and if I the man I felt more sorry for in the whole of Scotland was Higginbottom at the end of that game, after the game he had against his old club, you know, and then to end up going off. If he was a game like that going forwards, and if maybe, if maybe start the dueling because I think um, my guy Taylor's been playing well but he's kind of tailed off a wee bit I thought on Saturday it wasn't quite the force he's been you know uh, obviously makes him sure up the midfield sure up the fence not those stupid goals um, yeah this Jack's cast now has to come to an abrupt conclusion as we've been attacked by a battle of the brewer competition um, sounds like a good deal um, sounds like a good game What's your predictions for this game? I was going to say, I, was say um, I wrote my article for the programme and I had to delete the sentence that said Mark Kerr starred in midfield. <laughs> Why is that? Well, because he didn't start in midfield for either Thistle or Aberdeen. Oh dear. Yeah. Um, I'm predicting a 0-0 draw. Well, that's just rubbish. Predicting a 0-0 draw. I think um, we're going to win 2-1. There you go. I've been predicting wins all. I need to be. We need to have my bold prediction. I think was that of 2014 was that we would score against Aberdeen. So I need to predict them <laughs> score. So I'm going to say one 0 Oh yeah, Barry's prediction still is. Ah yeah, so it is. I had a couple. I can't remember. Mine's been booming my face after four days. Uh-huh. I said, that, <laughs> I said <laughs> that we would score against Aberdeen, and I said that we would beat Celtic at some point. Well, they're still on. Still on. So. We'll win one now. And I also, for all of it, I think Yager's yeah, done well. I think Fox will be back. I don't know why, but I think they will. Interesting. I'm going to go for a 1 0 on Saturday. What did you say? Sorry? Fox will be back. You said that Fox will be back in goals. I, I thought you said that, Mark. What? <laughs> what? I, 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 even though Gallagher lost four, four goals at the weekend, I don't need to blame for any of them. Wicked deflections, looping headers, looping yeah, headers. Um, any of the goals that he could have got? Not really. Looking back, not really. And he had a pretty commanding game out with that. So I, I would think he'll stick with stick with the goalkeeper. I'm not blaming Gallagher for I just think Archie will come back. I, I think he was brought just, in just to reintroduce him. He was well. There was no talk that Gallagher was getting brought in to replace Fox because Fox dropped form. It was shown by the fact that the way that the bench was, it was appear Fox was actually injured. Now, then he was struggling for a bit according to articles in the Evening Times. Uh, and that's him back, it's been back in training for a couple of weeks. I just think he might just go back to Fox just to show he has faith in him and he's not completely bombed about. Okay, I, I so can understand the field thinking behind that. We've been called up for the Battle of Brewers, so we have to leave now. Say goodbye. Uh, goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next week.